This is a Locker Room Production. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, just going to wait here for people to filter in. And then we will get going. Let me... I got to gotta move some things around. Give me one sec. Oh, let's see. Twelve ten one two. Okay. All right. So, all right. Over thirty. Over thirty people in here. Perfect. All right. So, uh, there's gonna be more people filtering in here. Cool. So this was. This was a Michigan State bench game. Uh, Rocket Watts probably, I would say, I would say, I mean, I mean, he did have that little, he did have that mishap at at the end there. Um, he did have that mishap there at at the end, but um, this was probably, like, this was probably his best game ever. Probably his best game ever that I've seen uh, while at Michigan State. And I say that because he was able to, he was able to impact the game, whether he was on the ball, off the ball. Uh, He did a much better job defensively on Mike Smith. Um, Mike Smith kind of, kind of got to where he wanted in the beginning of the game, but, um, but after that, I mean, he was, he did, he did a much better job there, much better job there. Um, and then you have, then you have, you know, Dickinson rough game, rough, rough game. And that's, and that, and that just, you know, tells you how important he is because this is a freshman with 12 points and seven rebounds. And we're sitting here like, what's, what's wrong with him? Um, I think he's got a, you know, we are deep into the season by now, but you know, he's, he still has to find more than one way to get the ball rather than just on, on the left block, on the right block and having his hands up. Uh, I think he could be putting a little bit more concepts to really get him going and moving so his defender can't just, you know, sit behind him just wrestling. Um, need more from Wagner in terms of his, his offensive output. You know, he had a game where it was very Andre Karolinko y, you know, where he, he impacted on both sides of the court. Um, missed Eli Brooks today a lot. And, you know, Shandy, he, Shandy stepped up as much as I thought he could today. He he did a good job. Um, but the story of the game is literally um, the Michigan State bench. You know, they had what? They had 30, 32 between Hauser and Watts, then another nine. So 41 points off the bench. That's more than that's, – that's six more points than half of their 70. Just an amazing job, man. 
just an amazing job. I don't think Hogard played played once he once he came out. I thought that was a good move putting in uh, Hoiberg because I think Hoiberg is a is a little bit quicker. It's a little bit quicker. Um, he plays with confidence, and I don't think I I think this game was a little, little bit above Hogard's pay grade right now. Um, but he'll get there. He'll get there. Um, but yeah, Hoy, you know, Hoiberg, I mean, like people are like, why is he in the game? I mean, like he was in the game and he didn't, he didn't mess up. They didn't pick on him. They didn't pick on him on the, when he was on defense, when he was on offense, he took care of the ball and even had an assist today. So, um, he kind of did his job. He did his job. But let me start to get some, some people in here. Uh, Mike, what's up, man? You there, Mike? There, Mike. Who was there at the time? Or maybe one of the... uh, you're breaking up some. My bad. Um, let me figure that out. You can bring someone up here if you got someone else. All right. Uh, I think Akil, I think Akil asked to come up here. I'm not sure where he went. Not sure where where he where he went. But man, um, so it looks like some Michigan fans are definitely feeling it because usually we have like a, over a hundred people in here. Uh, so a few people might be feeling some type of way, which sucks. You know, you got to go with the wins and the L's. You know what I mean? Um. Need more from Isaiah Livers. Need more from him. Whether it's rebounding at a higher level, defending at a higher level, a better motor. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's been up with him. Like the the last, the last five games, you know, he had, you know, okay, okay rebounding. He had nine and then seven against. He had he's he said nine nine and then seven against Indiana and Iowa and Ohio State. He he was much more in rhythm, but but man, the last three games he's he's kind of just like chilled out some. What's up, man? Hey, man, how are you? Good. I feel pretty good. Obviously, I mean, uh, hopefully Eli Brooks is okay for you guys. Um, Wee's camp kind of had a similar like ankle roll where he went all the way over the top earlier, and I think yeah. both of those guys to be out for the Big Ten tournament. Um, I'd obviously prefer them to be playing peak basketball at the right time, so hopefully he's okay. But um, gritty, grindy win for Sparty today, man. I mean, they really needed this one. I didn't really want to go into the Big Ten tournament, you know, with that being on the line. Um, and I just thought defensively they did a nice job. Um, pretty much throughout the whole game. Uh, a couple times they sagged down on Dickinson and gave uh, open looks from him passing from that. I didn't think that was really necessary. They did a decent job playing one-on-one with him for most of the game. Yeah. Um, and I just think they they lost a little wind out of their sails when Eli went down, I think, to a certain degree. Um, if you're looking just, you know, obviously two of the three losses now coming with Eli not playing the full game. Um, he's just such a glue glue guy to it. Um, and, and his presence is clearly was, was missed a little bit down that stretch. I mean, you had long stretches where I think it was Zeb and Johns and Davis were all on the floor at the same time. I, I'm not sure how much that's happened in like meaningful minutes this year for Michigan. So, 
Yeah, so like it was um it sucks not having him and then like you kind of see the you know the limitations that you already know that Michigan has gets exploited even more because now you have Shandy um out there like like yeah, he could put the ball on the on the deck, but when Brooks puts it on the deck, you know, he he goes with the purpose of creating for others and kind of probing and then to score. When Shadi's driving, he's looking to get a bucket. So it's a it's a much different dynamic when uh, Brooks is not in the game. Yeah, and, and Sean, I mean, Shani played well tonight, right? I mean, he had two for six from three, but he hit a couple big ones. Five for ten from the field. I mean, he didn't have a bad game, but I would agree with you that it looked like the offense was just a little bit more stagnant with Brooks off. Um, yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job chasing Smith around the screens today. Uh, the first game, I think that he got a little bit loose, and as a result, the whole offense kind of opened up. And today, um, they did a pretty good job kind of bottling him up and chasing him around those screens. I thought that was really one of the larger differences between the two games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Mike looked a lot better in the towards the beginning of this game. And then kind of like tailed off towards towards the towards the end there. Um I'm trying to think what else did I see today? What else did I see? I need more from from Livers. I need more from him. He's he's looked like uh like 2018 Isaiah as of late. And I'm not sure if it's because of I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. But but he's not really being able to do his thing when guys aren't having to rotate on Mike and rotate on Hunter as well. I mean, surprise game, obviously, out of Watts and Hauser both. Hauser's kind of flirted playing well the last few games. Um, you know, he's just kind of been up and down. You've always been pretty high on his potential upside, and I kind of – you know, I, after you said that, I kind of started buying it in a little bit more midway through the season and just kind of trying to take a harder look at what he's actually doing and what he's trying to do. I mean, today, a couple really nice takes off the bounce. I don't know how that little half hook went down in the first half, um, but I thought he played just pretty solid. And then, you know, when Watts plays like that, the whole the whole rest of the team just kind of falls into place. And the reason why Michigan State has struggled for almost the entire season, uh, particularly offensively, is because – he hasn't been going. I mean, I think all I think, those shots he took today, he usually misses. Like his floater was hitting, the contested fadeaways from nineteen were hitting. Yeah, and if he's going to have that type of game, Michigan State has to close it out. I agree with that. I'll say one thing. So for much of the season, those little floaters that he has have been coming from the baseline. It's almost like he's. You know, he drives and then he gets forced baseline and he has like no angle. I thought over the last two or three games, um, he's done a much better job of getting it into the middle of the lane and those floaters are kind of coming from like side angles. So it's like he has a little bit of real estate where it can hit a couple times on the rim and maybe bounce in type thing. So I thought the angle of his shots and some of the decision making was much better. But I mean, 100%, right? If he's going to, if he's going to start hitting those mid range pull ups like that. Um, you know, there's not really much Michigan's going to do there. You, you've schemed almost the whole season. You've watched him how many times on film, 
And then finally, you know, for the first time since the, basically the Duke game, he starts hitting those shots again. I mean, if you're Michigan, I think you just tip your cap a little bit and turn. I don't think you probably love the performance tonight, you know, with the energy. I didn't think the effort was bad so much as some of the energy was kind of just off a little bit here and there. It, just, it had a weird feel to it for them. Like after Brooks went down, it just it never really felt like they were in it, even though they were basically the whole game. Um, and I, I think the that, score was not indicative of like how yeah. that game. No, I felt like Michigan state should have been up, you know, like eight to 10 for most of that game. And for the most part, it was a possession or two almost the whole way, but it felt like they controlled it. I think they took the lead at 25 to 23 and they never gave it back. So I don't, I don't know what the solution. Sometimes I think Michigan ends up running into a scenario when they can't establish the post or it's not going well, that sometimes the rest of the offense struggles a little bit. And I think we saw that in some spots tonight where just Dickinson couldn't really get a foothold down there. He got going late, obviously, to get them back in it, but he didn't really have a foothold down there for most of it, battling some foul trouble. And then the rest of the offense kind of was waiting around for him to get going, and then it was almost too late at the time that he started doing it. Well, they got two and ones with them back to back. Yeah, all because he it wasn't him posting up; it was him getting a feed from a drive oh. and then a pick and roll on the move. Like they they need to do more of that with him, and not saying left block, right block, post up. I just don't think – I just don't – I just think that's just too easy for these defenses. Like, like you make Marcus Bingham guard two to three concepts, that's where you beat him. But you don't show any of that and just go post him up. That's where he's okay. But you make him guard two or three concepts first, and then that's where you can get him on duck ends and all this stuff. I just think – the the post-feeding game, just very, very vanilla. And um, I think I, 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 I swear we talked about it in the preview of the of the first game. I said what, what Michigan State needs to do is they need to be better on the post-feed. The guards need to have more pressure, whether they're deflecting or whether they're forcing um, – uh, a bad pass or they like steal the pass and they did that like like two or three times today and those are two or three times where they that could result in four to six points and in a very very uh tight game that's relying on winning one or two more possessions I mean that can be the game right there I think you make a good point about getting him in the pick and roll. I think not only what it does is, you know, gives him maybe a little bit better establishment down there when he does catch it. Yeah, it's in traffic, but he's always had good hands and good feet. And when he gets the ball secure down there, he's usually pretty solid about turning and finding where the rim is. And on the flip side of it, when you're rolling him like that, everybody gets sucked into that action. It's not just like a post where if he's far enough out, they can kind of just him on an island there and, and stay on the perimeter when you roll him like that the whole middle of the paint kind of gets sucked in and we saw mm-hmm. it where that happened the ball rolled in and they kicked it right out to the perimeter and the whole defense started scrambling and they got a good look from three and, uh, and a couple of them went down during that scenario so I, I 100% agree with you I think they got to be a little bit more creative about the way you obviously want to get him the ball as much as possible in the middle 
but the ways in which you do it can be a little bit more creative. And I think to a certain degree, what we've seen now is just, you know, he's definitely dominant down there, but there's enough film on him where his tendencies are well known. And so this off season, you know, and heading into the rest of this tournament, they got to do a better job of finding uniquer ways of getting him the ball and also for him to be able to counter some of those moves. Like how many times does he go down there? He's got that little shimmy shake and he goes right back over the left post. It drove yep. me crazy. Those down there. I'm like, that's his move when he's on that block. Like, how was that not scouted? They should have just been eating that side and making him go back to his right to do it. And I, I think every time. I think just in the off season he's gonna get even more of a refined post game. I I think he clearly should come back one more year. Um, and I, I just think that Howard's going to get his, his hands in the clay with him for a real full off season. Um, and you're just going to see what kind of versatility he can give you next year. I, he'll definitely be up there, you know, outside of Williams returning. I mean, he's going to be the big really in the big 10 next year. So, yeah. And I don't even know if he returns Williams. I don't know. He may dip his toe in. You think so? Yeah, I, I don't. He may dip his toe in. I was talking to um, uh, Rafael Davis about it, and he was like fifty-fifty. Really? What do you yeah. think about Jay Liddell in that same boat? Um, I, I, I don't think Liddell can. Yeah. Yet. I think I, I think I think next year he's going to have a real good shot of winning the Player of the Year in the conference. Yeah. So maybe that springs him. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. a – he kind of reminds me of LaMarcus Aldridge. You're more the NBA guy, but he's got kind of that – just that mid-range face-up game. Aldridge is like 6'11", though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's 6'7". So, like, how many guys in the league have that, like, body type? Like, what position is he guarding? I and, said, like, a Paul Millsap. Yeah, a little bit, but there's not a whole lot of Paul Millsaps left. Millsaps kind of at the end of – Eric the- Pascal type of dude. Um, I'm not sure if you watch the Warriors, but – uh, but, but, but Pascal, he played at, um, Villanova. He was really athletic there and more of just like an inside guy, but the Warriors, like he's getting boards, bringing the ball up and shooting the ball. I mean, he, yeah. he does a little bit of everything. So you think Liddell should slim down even more than what he did this season? Would you keep getting him lighter? I would say get whatever it takes to get more, to get more cut more athletic and refined, yeah. whatever that is, whether that's even bulking up or cutting down or losing weight, I don't know. Um, but I think he has a shot to be very, very good. Um, but you're either going to get someone like a Draymond or Pascal, or you're going to get someone like my man's from um, – did he go to UNLV? His name is Anthony something. He was the number one pick a few years ago. Anthony um, Bennett? Anthony Bennett, something like that, where you know six seven, long arms can do a little bit of everything, but then just go to the league and kind of flame out because yes. he goes to the wrong situation. Something yeah, I, simple I, as that. Important wherever he ends up landing. Can I ask you something? I mean, you've watched enough Joey Hauser this year. I kind of have a thought about what I would do with him in the off season. With his body wise, where do you see like what should they do with him in the off season? You think he should go up in weight or down? Um, honestly, um, he, he, he should go down. 
You think so? You you would get him. You'd get him a little skinnier, huh? Because go my, down and go down and become a three. Go down and become a three four. Because if he gets if he gets bigger, I think one of the the one of the more underrated aspects of his game is you saw today. Like he was taking livers and johns to yeah. the rack. Yeah, he you know? was. Like, what if he's in better shape, a little bit skinnier, um, more athletic? What happens on those takes? Those takes are now dunks, you know? Um, I'm not saying you're a Gordon Hayward, but I'm saying, like, that's the type of that's the type of player that you can be. And now he's no longer having to guard a four, possibly a five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I just – I don't love him on the perimeter, but he definitely – it's got to be one of the two, right? Either they got to decide you are the power forward. We want you. He can't stay the same. He can't stay. Yeah, he can't stay the same. He's either got to bulk up and yeah. put your twenty pounds so he can defend the four or five in the post. Like that's really the one biggest flaw in his game, right? He's he's six nine. He doesn't have particularly like long arms or athleticism. Like he needs to be strong in the post, or you need to move him up to like you said the three, and he should just be like running off screens almost like a set shooter and, you know, like cutting to the basket. Like they need to just get him in even better shape and just start running him all over the floor. I mean, what's stopping him from being a Franz type, but a better shooting Franz type? That's I mean, Franz runs the three very, very, very well. I would say officially. the arms. I mean, defensively, he'll never be there. I think we both agree with that. But offensively. Yeah, I mean, you know, Franz is kind of on. Yeah. A tier of his own there. Yeah, he's a freak. Um, like not even fair. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I'm curious to see what they'll do, but I agree with you. He can't stay where he's at. Knowing he's Izzo, he's going he's gonna to bulk him up. Or oriented, or he's got to get thicker and needs to hang in the post a little bit more. And I, I don't he's, know. He's going to bulk him up, I think. Well, I would I would assume that that's probably where he would Yeah. Especially when you're bringing in guys like uh, who are going to be strong on the perimeter. Yeah, Chris. Especially if Rocket stays. I mean, you have Rocket, Aikens, Christie, Brooks. Now if Langford stays, I've been wavering back and forth the entire season on what I think he's going to do. I was really worried that that auto bench for him not diving on the floor in the second I half. Thought it was it. Yeah. I thought it was it. I thought it was the straw that broke the camel's back. That like both sides were going to do it, and he came out like completely engaged tonight. Um, Good for him, man. Good start. for him. I know 100%. I mean, I think that there has been frustration on both sides of this relationship between the staff and him. Um, but I think that finally they kind of let him play his game a little bit the last little bit. Um, I, I think that to some degree they've been trying to ram a, you know, a round peg into a square hole type deal. But, like, he is the guy that wants to be handling the ball. He just would prefer to be shooting it when he's handling it. And today they kind of just said, like, go get your points. I just think that, you know, during the course of Izzo's tenure, he's always had guys where he's just been like, you know, like just they've been so close to fisticuffs for so many years. And I wonder if this is the breakthrough on Watts where, like, they were wanted to kill each other. And then now each of them sees what the other brings to the table. And it's like, okay, you were pushing me because, you know, I had to do some things better before you trusted me. And now here I am. And now that, that he's here and he's scoring like that, maybe Izzo finally sees like, okay, I need to just loosen the reins a little bit. So I, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. But I think that this type of performance against, 
you know, your rival really could spring you into just getting your head right and, and for the relationship to be repaired. I, I really don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's the largest domino coming into the offseason, I think. Um, yeah. Does is going to shape what this roster looks like the next year, I think. Because if he goes, they have to go get another point guard, combo guard, something of the sort on the market. I don't think that they could come into the season the way that they are. And if he stays, um, you know, then hopefully he can kind of just bounce back in the summer and, and start giving, you know, not even this, even if he gave us 15 points a game, 14, 15, and he ran some of the team and he gave you a little bit of more of this. He doesn't have to be a 20-point score every night. I mean, for this team, he does for them to be any good. But, like, going forward, he just needs to be a guy that can be trusted, you know. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out in the offseason. How'd you like the Hoiberg today? <laughs> I didn't like it at first. Um, he gave. I a, liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. But like, not from like a Michigan yeah. standpoint. I thought that he was able to buy some minutes, and when he was in there, it didn't seem like, like, yeah, he was a little bit like cautious. But um, Michigan did not change the way that they played to go after him, and that's the biggest difference between Hoiberg and Lawyer, honestly. Yeah. Because Hoiberg was out there, and no, he was fine. He was fine on defense, on offense. He was also fine. Um, Could have been more aggressive in spots, but like, I did not see. I didn't see Michigan change the way that they played just to get that matchup. And that's something that Michigan's done all year: is they see the mismatch and they exploit it like crazy. And I did not see them go after Hoiberg there. I want to say that some of the minutes lined up with Zeb Jackson minutes. And so maybe you didn't see him go at it because that was kind of the guy. I mean, they should have maybe put him in a pick and roll or something. But, um, yeah, I, I I mean, I was surprised. I thought he played really nice second half minutes. They obviously don't trust Hogard right now, and I get that. Um, he's just kind of been all over the place. He gives you some good stuff, and then he turns the ball over. Like, he's just been too inconsistent, and that's – you know, partially. I don't that, think he was ready today. I thought was, this game was a little bit too big for him. Agreed. And that's not a slight on him. No, it's just that it's just say, hey, hey, we'll learn from what you played. But yeah. we gotta go win this game to make sure that we can get you in the NCAA tournament so you could feel that, so you could help us for the next three, four years. Yeah. The fan base has been pretty tough on him and I get it. Like I don't know why. I, don't I just know. don't understand. I, I've been defending him for long stretches. I don't think he's been particularly great, but like he's shown flashes. And I try like almost every game I try to just cut a clip or two for people and just be like, like look at how he sees the floor. To get him off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, just to get him off the cliff. Like look, look at this pass that he makes. Like it's a a, yeah. a perfect dime or like the ball never sticks with him. He he's just gotta figure out the offensive side of the ball. His entire season needs to be he's gotta tweak the jump shot. He kinda like shoots it from his forehead right now. He needs to get that back into the right pocket. Um and he's gotta develop a little floater. I thought he had like he had a decent little floater, but uh he, he has not shown that very often this year. So I think it's partially it's a confidence thing, you know, like he didn't play at all. Then all of a sudden he's starting. Then the starting job was ripped from him. Then he started. Then he did it. Like that's a lot to go through as a freshman. And the point guard position, especially at Michigan State, is one that just requires like uh, just a ton. Like you're constantly thinking. And I think 
you know, what we've seen from Rocket and what we've seen from Hogarth this year is just like they're in their own heads worried about, you know, how they're supposed to be running the team instead of playing the game. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. That's just kind of always been Izzo's style to some degree. But I think that, you know, he's going to figure it out eventually. And if at the worst, he's your backup to Aikens for the next few years, like that's, I think he's going to be a pretty decent backup to have. He sees the floor well. He's always going to be able to get into the lane. It's just a matter of him jump stopping and, and finishing around the rim a little bit better. Um, and I, I think the jump shot can come around. I'm not, if we're at this point in the season and it looks completely broken still, I'll start having a little bit of panic about it. But um, I think we just got to chill and let's see what he looks like with the full offseason, continues to work on his body all the rest of it. Did you get Purdue flashbacks when uh, Rocket stepped out of bounds? literally went in my head before that play was inbounded. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is like almost the identical spot. 30 seconds left. We're inbounding it in the corner. And Watts is the guy that gets it and steps out of bounds. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's happening again. That's that's how it goes, man. That's how it goes. Uh, no. Um, let me let me get to the chat here. I'm pretty sure people are going nuts. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, I want to ask you something too before before we get this. There's some talk about you know Josh Langford maybe coming back again. Izzo Izzo has said that he wants it. Um, I think, you know, I, I was kind of having this debate with a lot of my fans, you know, just generally during the week after that news came out. And I'm just like, you got fans, you got fans. Okay, I just... <laughs> Dang. Oh, you got yeah, fans? You know, I'm in followers, whatever. But, um, I think fans. that, yeah, fans, oh my Man. God, that was a slip of the tongue. That was not intentional. Man. That was, that was, destroyed by that you're the one with fans man come on we know i don't that. have you fans got, you we got have fans. a community yeah if you weren't married you'd have groupies on here we know that no way <laughs> no way not a, not a chance oh man we Listen. have a community and we and we've been through a lot so we are a family legit we've been through a lot of stuff and if they're still here through all the crap that i put them through over the last several years man we are a family for real i believe that I believe that for sure. Right, well, back um, to your fans. Yes. Anyways, so fi- 15, 20 minutes a night of Langford. If if he could come back and he would do that, like yes, absolutely, I want him. Like this team is going to be a little bit rudderless unless maybe Watts found some of that leadership and Gabe Brown. Like you have to be a little bit concerned about who is going to rise up to kind of take that leadership role next year. So I understand from Izzo's perspective that he wants to, you know, ensure that there's somebody to kind of pass the torch to this very talented but young, you know, group coming in. Um, But, like, the temptation for him to play Langford 30 minutes a night per game, (laughs) like, I – that concerns me at the highest level. And I think what you saw tonight is, like, like that version of Josh – you know, uh, I don't know, like freshman year version when he was efficient and just blazing. And uh, I don't know if he's ever going to find that guy again. And that's no discredit to him. He's been through a lot, but like, I don't want to see another 30 minutes a night of Watts respectfully for everything that he's done and everything <laughs> that he's gone through. Like <laughs> I would probably lose my mind a little bit if he came back. Like I want I, I it. the night. I want Pierre Brooks playing 15 to 20 minutes a night. Like, next year's a developmental year. You need to be looking towards the future. 
And if Josh came back and ate 30 minutes per night, I would be a little bit, like, upset about that, I think. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's just go. All right. So who you got coming in? You got Aikens. Brooks. Christy. Yeah. And Brooks. Yeah. And then you bring back Watts, Lawyer, Langford, Langford, Brown. Oh, man. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see this. Eight. Okay. So each guy is going to get like 12 minutes over two spots. Oh my god! I saw you trolling us a little bit. Just like I can't wait to see a eight man rotation in the backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna bots next year. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to see what he does. I cannot wait to see what he does. Usually, when you can't figure something out, um, just keep pieces throwing. are going to be moved all year. <laughs> Pieces are going to be moved, and whether it's someone's going to transfer out, something is going to happen. They're not all going to be there. So I, of those seven guys, at least one person will not be there. I can't. Oh, Hogard. That's Hogard, too. So that is a legit eight. Yeah. It's a it's a legitimate eight. It's almost not going to be there. They can't. No be. way. Possible way. That room would be so crowded. He would have he – would, he would be like – he loves lawyers so much. He'd be playing him 15 minutes per game. Aikens would be getting 10, and Holgar would be getting 10. I don't, it would just be a mess. I don't know. It's, I'll it's be a, here for it, though. To some degree. It, it would worry me a little bit. Like I, I think that this is. it's been nice to see them turn the corner, but there's no way that I want to just run back the roster, stands your best player, and you know with all the talent coming in. I, I don't think that that's a recipe for, like, figuring out the future. It's I mean he's 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 going to he's going to have to have some very tough conversations um with people. He's going to have some really tough conversations. Um I, we're not playing Kithier today, can I say that after Dick Hey, good for him. Good for him. Good for him because Man, I was talking with to uh, Stu about this last time, but like, no disrespect, like it literally looked like Dickinson was doing post drills against the manager, and I was not exaggerating at all whatsoever. It looked that it looked so easy. It looked so so easy, and like I didn't feel bad for Kithier, but then I'm just like. You know, why is Iz putting him in this situation? Like, why are you doing that? You know? Like, he knew the result. Right. He knew the result. And the fan base all gets pissed at Kithier. It's like, Kithier, it's not Kithier's fault that he's been playing and he's been asked to do things that he can't do. You know? That's the staff playing him in the wrong spots and and the wrong start. If we flash back, he was starting. He started the first, like, what, 12 or 15 games this season? You have to bring that up. I don't know how many games he started, but he started a third of the games this he year. He started a lot. He started. And he, oh. and he got the nod in some really important games and some really important situ- situations, too. 
do you, you know, I, I thought for a while that the big room was going to maybe, you know, get figured out a little bit, but now I'm beginning to think that maybe this is just what we see a little bit. Like maybe one of the guy leaves, but now that the way that this is shaping out, like it was a weakness at the beginning, 50, 60% of the season. Bingham I don't... is your guy. Bingham oh, so... is your guy. He's been your guy, in my opinion. Like I've, even I've... those two minutes that he would check in for, he would be mentally engaged, but then he'd get pulled. He's been the guy. Oh, I 100% agree with that. But he's never going to be a guy that plays 25 minutes a night. It's just never going to happen, I don't think. So what yeah. is he I think he he's to me coming into this home stretch the two guys that I was most concerned you know about what what the future holds was Watts and Bingham and you know I I don't think it's out of the question for another program to approach him and say listen man you are you sick of playing 10 minutes a night 11 minutes a night you want to come play at least 20 25 for us I mean there will be uh, there'll be people around that situation maybe hinting that way. I, I would be surprised otherwise. And it's hard for me to really disagree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe for, for Bingham is at least an 18 to 20. How many did he play tonight? Did you, did you look at that? I'm it, it's not registered right now, but, um, but he had five, eight and three steals. I mean, he had a really nice game, five points, eight rebounds, Three, three steals, steals, one block. Yeah, he, yeah, played he had a nice game. That, three that offensive rebounds, and I believe four or five points came from those two. He like he, he won't always get credit for rebounds, but his hands are in on all the boards at all points in time. And yeah, he ball probably ball ten feet away, the, and he'd just go, 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 gadget, and his arm would just hit the ball. The game, not including some of the block shots that he has, just yeah. either walling up or like. He's done a much better job in pick and roll situations, kind of like locking off the baseline. Like he's so far and away the best defensive player that they have at that position. It's really not even close. So I'm just I'm just really hopeful that they keep riding him down the stretch and they ensure that he's bought in. Because if there's one big that I do not want to leave the roster outside of Maddie Sissoko, it's him. And I think I think Maddie's in for the long haul, so I'm not that concerned about it. Um, but that, I mean, that room is going to get continued. Those minutes are going to continue to get squeezed. Like, is, is everyone just going to be happy playing, you know, like 15 minutes? Is that what it's going to evolve into 15 to Bingham, 15 to Marble, 15 to Sissoko next year, something like that. I don't know. I think that that's a position too, that I have my eyes on to say like, where, where's that one going to head? Hmm. Hard to say. Hard to say. Hard to say. There, there, there's going to be. I think there's more uncertainty on Michigan State's roster than Michigan's, because um, there's like it is so crowded on Michigan State's roster, and I think like having a short seven eight man rotation really establishes where you are in the program right now. Um, but Michigan State very early going with eleven twelve guys. Everyone thinks they should be in that next tier. You know what I mean? Um, so moving into next season, guys know where they are, and they're trying to get to where, they, where they're trying to be, not three or four disgruntled players who are upset at their role and thinking that they should get more of, they should get more of an opportunity. Whew. But either way, man, those, I mean, 
it was a a fun game to watch. Fun game to watch. Uh, Michigan State's probably locked into the tournament now, no matter what happens against Maryland or any other game. Every That's game now is basically free money for them. So, you know, hope, hopefully we'll see them play a bit more loose and casual than anything else. Yeah, I guess we'll probably – I mean, if they win their first game, we'll see the rematch again. So yeah. I, I Michigan to take that one extremely serious. Um you know, this one just had a feel a little bit like a little desperation for Michigan State. Then the Brooks injury happens, and then it kind of unraveled a little bit. Um, be credit them. I think the defensive plan was really sound today, and I think obviously they played extremely hard. Uh, but that first half was like really, really ugly in spots offensively again for Michigan State. I mean, how many mid-range long twos did they take? Like the first, you know. 20 minutes of that game. I would have to go back. I will go back and watch, but I bet there was like 10, 12 in the first, like 10. We're just jacking the long two over and over again. I was like, please, for the love of God, I don't even care if you miss at the rim, just get an attempt near the rim. Who do you think uh, on Michigan ends up coming back? If you're, if you were taking a look, obviously I think livers and Wagner are gone. Yeah. Brown, to me, seems like a guy that probably, you know, he bought into a role this year. I, I think it'd probably be a lot to ask him to buy into it again. Like, to me, maybe Mike Smith is the one guy that you would take a look at and say, yeah, he could probably come back. They absolutely need a guy at that position to pass on, you know. The- Mike Smith, for sure. Mike Smith, for sure. Everybody else is just, you know. Everybody else is just icing on the cake. Having Mike Smith and Brooks and Shondi back as your one, two, and three, uh, Caleb Houston as your four, and then um, and Dickinson as your five, and then you're coming off the bench with Musa Giabate and you know Brandon Johns is still there and Zeb Jackson and Terrence Williams. You are still a very, very good basketball team. I would agree. I, I think I would be pretty surprised if all three of those guys came. I mean, I think that yeah. most likely. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how that escapes <laughs> because he showed this year he's willing to go find some guys to bolster that, um, you know, just the lineup in general with what he has. And this team next year is going to obviously be very talented, but, like, Zeb Jackson hasn't got any runs, so you don't really know, like, what he's going to be able to give you. I think Kobe Bufkin is going to be a really exciting prospect and somebody that maybe plays a little bit more minutes than you would think. Um, but again, that's a freshman. And then uh, who's it's Collins, right? What's his first name? I was going to call him. Ronnie. There's Frankie Collins, but he can't shoot the ball. And that's like the one part of his game that he really needs to change. But Isaiah Barnes is someone that you haven't heard a lot about. Um, I think he's going to be one of the more underrated players in this upcoming class. He's about 6'6". Um, nobody really knew about him until, like, this time last year. And then he, all of a sudden, this random kid who's unranked is getting offers from, like, Kansas and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, he is he is going to be someone who is going to – who is going to really surprise a lot of people, in my opinion. He's an Illinois kid, is that right? I believe he's an Illinois kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like he's like six six, about a buck ninety, 
Buck ninety five. Um, has a little bit of Manny Harris in his game in terms of how aggressive he is. Um, can shoot the ball. He's not. He's not polished like Christie. Um, but he scores in similar ways, and he is one of the more underrated players I've seen in the entire country. That's interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot to obviously like with what's coming in. Uh, You you mentioned Johns next year. Like, what is his? I don't know, man. I'm. I talked about this with you like forever ago, but if there ever was like a tweener big that probably would have been the perfect fit for Michigan State, he was that guy. And I remember, like, pissed when he committed to Michigan. I think he got a call and his was like. I can't remember. It was reported or something. He was just like, wow, what are you doing? And something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just think he probably would have fit really well into that mold because he's not quite a four and he's not quite a five. Like Michigan State just does so well with those type of bigs. I, I think in the long run, you know, maybe it just would have made more sense for him to, to do that. And sometimes guys just don't think about program fit or see how other players are you know, utilized in certain roles with what his body type is and kind of what his game was. But he did commit to beeline though. And yep. if you're a six eight, six nine dude who can handle the ball and shoot the ball, I mean, that's like not a terrible fit. I mean, you know, Beeline sent DJ Wilson to mid first round. And Brandon Johns is a, a way better talent out of high school than DJ Wilson. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a good point. I always thought Bingham was a good fit with Beeline, too, because Bingham kind of has a sweet J, and he never gets to show off. He hit that one little mid-ranger the first game that they played where he just squared up and hit it. Like He's shooting what from the free throw line? I think right around 80% or something like that. Like, yep, pretty good. I, I wish Izzo would let him fire every once in a while, to be honest with you. Now, I get that Which that was a big part of this game. I mean, Michigan missed the front end back-to-back, and then Bingham hits – both of his, and now that's a six-point swing. They made, they made all down the stretch, basically. So 18 for 23, I believe. Yeah, and I think most of those misses were early. They missed a couple early. So it was nice yeah. that. I mean, that's winning basketball, right? You got to hit the free throws down the stretch. It just is what it is. Yeah. Livers got to hit that, hit that three, man. Wide open like that, big game, and you miss to the left, at least miss it long. But don't, but but don't miss to the left or the right. What's up, Mike? Mike Smith. Can you hear me? Yep. What's up, man? All right. What's up? Hey, DK. Do you know anything about Keon Coleman? I can't find anything on him. What do you mean? Really? Like about his game? What he is about? All the. Yeah, I can only find stuff about his football game. Yeah, man, uh, he's posted a bunch of stuff on there. If you go on Huddle, you can find some of his stuff. But he's been posting some of his clips. He's on Twitter. You can definitely find him. Um, I don't I don't know what to think. You know what I mean? Like, you have put up a quadruple double the other night. I don't really yeah. care. The clips, when you watch it, looks like he's, you know, he's playing like 5'8 white dudes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like third graders. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. The, I see the stuff he puts on Twitter, but you, like, like you said, it's just kids that he's way more athletic than. So it's just hard to. Hey, tell. Mike, Mike, are you on my YouTube? Yeah. 
All right, go on there. He should be like the third or fourth most recent video. Um, I'll appreciate it. I compared him to Daryl Morcel type, just like a very athletic, bigger wing. A um, little bit unorthodox, but just tough as nails. All right. Isn't he nice looking jumper? Like, yeah, he does. That surprised me because usually football players are like stiff and yeah. raw, but. When he shoots it, I mean, like I'm like, you, like that was like a Division One player to me. I, yeah. I actually going to be able to contribute, and you just won't know until he gets into the system and sees what you know, sees what he can do. It's just so hard, man. Like football is going to be having your body go one way, and then I mean, why basketball's another do it? But like football is just going to be wanting to bulk you up, and then like if he's going to play out on the perimeter, like he's going to need to be like a little slimmer, so. I would be interesting to see what the game plan would be between the two programs to try to get him in like peak physical condition for both sports if he actually is capable of playing. Yeah, I was gonna say I know I know he's trying to do both here, and it's gonna be hard, like you said. And I'm sure he, I'm sure he loves basketball more, but from my understanding, uh, he's got a better chance at going uh, pro. And... He's a freak athlete, so I, I don't know what will come of it, but I don't think it's bad to have a practice player who can like three. When you're when you're right, I mean it's most yeah. of like Jack Hoyt. Just practice wise, dude is going to be a motor yeah. effort. A hundred percent. He can rebound. He could like his athleticism alone. Like forget his shot and all that. Just the athleticism and his attitude. Like he's got a little. He's he's got a little. Uh, yep. He's he's pretty confident. He's a pretty confident dude, just like reading his tweets and all that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty confident dude. He's like, he's a. Uh, I like guys like that where you're like, is he being confident or is he being, uh, or is he being pretty arrogant? Which I like. I like it. All like really good D1 athletes, the guys that have that like mental edge. I mean, that's what you want in your guy, especially, I mean, from a football perspective, 100%. Yeah. And on the hardwood. That that, that uh, F you pay me attitude. All I right. like it. He's one of my favorite, like, whenever I, like, make a video, it's crazy how quickly it gets to these players. Like, I've had some big-time players, like, 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 reach out to me just to say, Hey, I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Or like their parents saying, Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And they follow me. And like, I follow back out of everyone. He's the most entertaining dude. The guy tweets, I'm feeling 40 tonight. And he goes off and gets a quadruple double with 40 some points. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this dude is crazy, man. This dude's wild. This dude's juiced up right now, but I like it. His dude is juiced up, but I like it. Man, (laughs) walking around campus, hopefully it returns normal for him because that guy's just going to be like, he's going to have a harem at Michigan State. That guy's going to be a pimp for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No sleep for him. No sleep. (laughs) (laughs) No sleep for him. No sleep for him. And like – I was pretty low key in college, but you know, still, uh, you know, you know, no sleep for me either. You know, 
<laughs> and, and I wasn't even trying. I just you know, <laughs> I'd walk into a room and come out with several numbers on accident, you know. <laughs> that dude that that dude's gonna have a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's Lansing. Oh, I hope we actually get to see him play a couple minutes on the hardwood. I really do. That'd be a great story, dude. It's so hard to be a two two way athlete in, in this kind of you know, especially football and basketball where the seasons are right abutted next to each other. If yeah. you, they overlap pretty good. They overlap pretty good. Like if you're talking about like preseason working out, like late September, and then you start games like early November, you start scrimmages late October. That's when football really gets heated up. You're playing against rivals, and you're and you're you know playing for a Big Ten championship. And then like you know, like right when you're getting into conference conference play, is right when you uh is like right in like that um right Bowl. in that uh right in that time where I think there's like two games in like early de- December everything ends but if you're over 500 guess what you have to practice for a month and go to a bowl game in January or yes. late December my question right if you're going to the bowl game or whatever you know are you going to keep training with the team or do you just switch over to basketball and you're like Hopefully I don't get hurt. I'll see you back on the football field in like a couple weeks or something. I don't. I don't know. The timing of it's going to be extremely yeah. interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of guys have done it, and like even when guys have done it, they didn't do it for more than a couple of years. I mean, look at Julius Peppers and um, all these guys who who were successful on on both. You know what I mean? They didn't play the whole season, and they didn't you know play everyone. Um, but it should be interesting. Um, he is, uh, that, that dude is an interesting character and, uh, he's, he's one of my favorite out, dudes man. to he's like, have a good time uh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> man, oh, man. He's going to be doing That's like the man. NBA runways. If he comes to, you know, he is, he's going to just be oh, like for sure. the button down, like all the way to like the. <laughs> The third button on the bottom, and he's gonna got chains. <laughs> he's gonna be all in for sure. Just dripped out. Just <laughs> dripped out. He's got his uh, he's he's got his uh, um, outfit for the day. Oh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But yo, my phone is actually dying, so yeah. I got to. Uh, I'm gonna head out. Uh, big win for you guys today, locking the NCAA tournament. Now the real stuff starts. Now we're playing for if you know if Winter some of these teams lose. Yep, if some of yep. these teams lose, they're done. Like yeah. there are there are about forty or fifty teams right now that will not play another game this season. They're done. Yeah, they've already played their conference tournament. So um, from here on out, it's it's do or die. There's at minimum two more games left. You have to cherish those games. Absolutely, man. Well, good luck. I hope uh, Brooks heals up, and uh, I guess maybe we'll be talking about this again next week if we end up squaring off again. So, yep, I'm trying to get a Big Ten preview, uh, like a Big Ten preview locker room. Probably going to try to get one either tomorrow night or on Tuesday night. Well, when is day one? Is it Wednesday or is it Tuesday? Oh, that's a great question. Because uh, they should come out with all Big Ten awards tomorrow, right? I think they usually do, right? The day after. 
That should be. So that should be tomorrow. So, like, try to get, like, a Big Ten preview and go over the awards as well. Um, Going to try to get, like, Indiana guy in here, Illinois, um, a couple of other schools as well, just to talk. That sounds good. Just let me know what time. I'd love to have in. So, all Wednesday right, Wednesday on the 10th is the first one. day. Okay, Everyone cool. have a good night for sure. Go green. Good win. All right, see you, man.